0: Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. We've got Joe C back. I believe this is his first appearance of the new year. Is that correct, Joe? Twenty
1: twenty four. Keep the twenty four in twenty twenty four. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I know good isn't a feeling, mm-hmm. uh, but I am. Uh, I, I'm happy to be back. As I said, never miss um, an episode. I, I was on the AA Grapevine podcast. Just last week, interestingly enough, and that was a lot of fun. And here we are reading little surrenders from the emotional Mm -hmm. sobriety specials section. So that's going to be great. I'm good.
0: I'm just going to throw out there. I uh, was on a date recently. It was a really great date. And we were playing this card game uh, over after dinner of like, you know, tell me a little bit more about you and I'll tell you about me. And one of the questions that came up on the flashcard was when somebody asks you how you're doing, you know, uh, do you ever like misrepresent yourself? Or do you ever tell them how you're really feeling? And she said, just, just, uh, point blank. I've never once answered that question authentically. Um, and I think (laughs) in most, in most, uh, settings that aren't recovery where we're encouraged to really dig deep. Um, I, I, there's
2: so many times where I've just said, I'm good. And just left it at that. And All right, well, I think people people who are not in in, in the personal world world of personal growth, they, they get taken aback by by our when they ask us that question. Because most of us, I mean, how many how many times have you when somebody asks you how you're doing, and you, you go you start telling them and about two sentences into it, you look at them and you realize they didn't want to know how I'm doing. They were just saying hello. You know, and I'm going, yeah. And then, then, and then last week, you know, you wouldn't believe last week. It was horrible. And you know, and they're going like, like, please don't talk to me anymore. Well, as a rule of
0: thumb, whenever somebody wants to dump on me about all that stuff, I, Mm -hmm. I encourage it. I welcome it. I think the world should be like that. When we ask somebody how they're doing,
1: we should be prepared for an
0: authentic response.
1: I'm a big believer. People don't need to be told. They need to feel like they're being heard. And that's why anybody can help anybody else if they have a little bit of empathy. Sure. Right. Because people need to be heard. We can all be do you that. When you, heard, you
3: feel seen, Joe. That's right on. Yeah. When you heard, you feel seen and being seen is
1: such an important thing for all of us. Not on a podcast being heard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: We to see them with our words,
1: Joe. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's right. It's uh Theater of the mind. How are you, Alan? Well, I'm I'm in a tremendous amount of physical pain.
3: I had to stop the non-ster- non-steroidal anti-inflammatories two days ago, in preparation for surgery on Wednesday. So, I'm only getting relief from two Tylenol arthritis pills, and they are not really doing very little at all. So, I'm just uh, counting the minutes now, <laughs> or the the days, I guess, and pretty hopefully soon, the minutes before I go in and get my surgery. So that'll be Wednesday.
2: I'll be called in. I'm not sure if it's going to be a morning or afternoon surgery yet. Wow. Uh, Earlier, the better. I hope it's the earliest one they have. Yeah. I I hope I'm called in first thing in the morning myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather get get back to the
3: hospital bed, start my recovery. I'll stay in the hospital Wednesday night and then come home on uh, Thursday and once they feel that i have the ability to get in and out of bed without falling on my ass and uh messing up the surgery and being able to you know get to the bathroom and do some of the basics of uh daily living well Well, you just made i mean that's that's just amazing to me
2: that's just, just by contrast yeah yeah yeah. We talked about that last, last uh, in the last podcast is that that's, you know, wake up, wake up every day and, and think of problems you don't have, you know, even problems that you're you, you, somebody, you know, has, and you don't just like it really help, it helps you. It's not a matter of not wishing, not wishing pain on Alan, but I am need to be also aware that I'm not in pain right now. as I, as I'm talking with him, so I can, I can, I can afford to have empathy for Alan and, and be grateful for what I have.
3: Well, isn't that nice?
2: I'm, a, I'm amazed that you can get out in one day after. I mean, I know there's lots of surgeries. My wife did it with with her back surgery. It's it's amazing how fast they spit people out of these things. No, I'm I'm surprised too because my surgery
3: is a little bit more complicated. It's not just a a straight hip replacement. They call yeah. it a hip version because they have to bore out those pins I had put in my leg when I was 13. So, but those uh, things. For 58 years, man, I've got a lot to be grateful for. I mean, wow. in 58 years, that guy, when I was going into the Marine Corps and the, the doctor was doing the physical to see if I would qualify to go in in terms of my physical health, he says, you know, 99% of the cases I have to turn away when they, if they because they have pins in their hip. But your surgeon did such a job, such a great job, you almost have full range of motion. He says, "Like, I'm, you know, welcome to the Marine Corps. Wow. <laughs> good news and bad news.
2: Welcome to the Marine yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> How about you, Tom? I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm kind of just spaced out today. Just, I've been, uh, um, uh, I'm feeling better. And uh, like I told my wife, uh, earlier today, uh, we're kind of cleaning up the house and around the house. And as I'm feeling better, I'm just, I said, I said, I'm, 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 I'm determined to take back the house. You know, because we, you know, with her with her back surgery and my cancer stuff, we we just let this place go. And so, so now that we're feeling better, it's uh, it's 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 it's, t- it's time to start the the cleanup. So that's I'm just kind of spaced out doing that. Doing the little things. I'm fe- yeah, yeah, feeling not feeling much. You know, just I'm 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 fine. You know, you know, Joe said he's good. I'm gonna go with I'm fine. You know, there, there's kind of I'm in a, kind of a neutral space today. So, so none of you upset me, okay?
3: But listen, but that's
2: but that's what happens, isn't it,
3: Tom? Is that what's most important goes to the foreground? You're getting the house in order when you're just trying to deal with day to day life, man, becomes less of a priority.
2: Man. Oh man, it, it's just <laughs> yeah, and the house itself will will demonstrate that. It's it's like you know we're just. It's, it's just, it's, it just went to hell and and, and um, I'm just starting to get it back. So, and know, and yeah, I, no. I love, I like cleaning the house. I'm pretty, I'm good. I'm a good house cleaner. It's like, once I get back on track, I'm in good shape.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty good at that myself.
2: Yeah. And
0: how's Patrick land? i working with the sponsee and we're going to go into a step four inventory this week. And it's my first time doing that with another guy and that where I'm sitting where I'm sitting and I'm on the other side. Yeah. And wonderful. I'm really stoked for him. And um yeah, uh met somebody and it's like uh it's a very like thrilling but also kind of scary as a recovering person to be involved with somebody new because my uh emotional sobriety was total dog shit for <laughs> many years. And uh I think I had a lot of un unhealthy dependencies on um my romantic partners. And so I am It is a like balance of, uh, enjoying the kind of narcotic thrill of being with an exciting new person, but also not wanting to fall in and lose track of all the other things that are important to me that I've been cultivating over this time. So it's, uh,
1: I'm in the right place. You can take a course on swimming, but you can't really learn until you're in the water.
0: Oh, I like that. You're so full of good, uh, Well, uh, what do you say we um, get into this grapevine article? It's from January, 2024. We've done two stories now. And um, what we do is
3: we read the story and then we're going to relate some of the concepts that we've talked about in both this podcast and that we've discovered in the emotional sobriety workshop that happens on Thursday nights. And to see if we can, extend and deepen the discussion in the grapevine. You know, once again, let me put this in context. You know, Bill Wilson hoped that this would be the next major development in Alcoholics Anonymous, and that was in the 1950s. And here we are, 2024, and, you know, only the last few years has the grapevine devoted, now they have two collections of stories related to emotional sobriety, and they've devoted the whole This grapevine in the whole month of the January grapevine, the whole grapevine to emotional sobriety. So there's a shift taking place. And we see it, I see it in a lot of more, a lot more emotional sobriety meetings are popping up, more workshops are parking up, or popping up, I should say, and and there's now emotional sobriety being discussed at conventions. So it's really, it's, I, I'm really pleased to see all this happening. So that's, our, that's what we're trying to do, is to take these stories, look at the points that they're making about emotional sobriety, and see if we can sweeten the pot a little bit. So that's what we're up to.
0: All right. Well, this is called Little Surrenders by Bill the Shirt from Bristol. For him, each good deed, each kind gesture is a spiritual experience. Feeling weak is just as dangerous as feeling strong. Both can push me over the edge toward a drink. That's one of my discoveries in recovery. Getting sober is full of contradictions, where there are no rights, and fortunately, no wrongs. There are no hard and fast rules on sober living, where nothing is sacrosanct and neither is anything imperative. Getting sober is just a series of suggestions, a series of little surrenders, a set of spiritual principles that aim to turn the unmanageable manageable, to turn the unrecognizable, well, recognizable.
1: Our 12 steps aim to change the life of an alcoholic. To me, recovery, put simply, is a journey of change in slow motion. Our one-day-at-a-time slogan helps my days become sober days. The journey of spiritual awareness can take years, and easy does it really does do it. It's just as much the uh, seen as the unseen that turns my sober life into a spiritual life. It's equally important to take action as it is to think, think, think.
2: we just rotating? Yes, we are. Okay. If If sobriety were just stopping drinking, I'd just stop. But it's vastly more than that. I have, se- I have a set of tasks, self-imposed, that I try to do daily. They're physical in nature, spiritual in practice, and mentally challenging at times. But all, but all of them help me to stay sober just for today, to live with a degree of hope and comfort that I never deemed possible. Here are a few of those tasks. I start
3: by putting my day into little 20-minute boxes. Each task I have goes in a separate box. Instead of a day at a time, I live one 20-minute box at a time. I try to wait at traffic lights calmly. Leaving 20 minutes early usually helps. Driving can be frustrating at, time, at the best times of day, but letting someone merge into my lane each day, even if I don't have to, well, that helps. I'll also stop to let someone cross the road. It's a kind gesture and it only takes a minute.
0: I picked up a caterpillar yesterday from the pavement. I popped the little one in the garden. I drive at the speed limit or slower. Maybe I'll hold the door open for someone or give up my place in line at the supermarket checkout.
1: A few daily tasks which take no time at all always help me to feel better about myself. Recovery is about creating a world where I get to give instead of take. Each good turn is a spiritual experience, each gesture a good deed, and each one leaves me feeling just a little lighter, fulfilled even. And if I'm feeling good,
3: if I give instead of take, if I love instead of hate, I'll have a better day and I'm less likely to drink. It's a simple set of spiritual tools. And as for a stray piece of paper or trash, well, I try to pick something up every day. So if you see me outside by your hedge, be assured I'm not being overly friendly or unneighborly. I'm doing something that's equally important. I'm probably just picking up litter because who knows, that
2: little sweet wrapper, which may not seem a lot to you, could change my day. Being... Granted, the courage to change the things that I can is where I gain another day of wonderful sobriety. And if sobriety has taught me one thing, it is this. Finding a little serenity each day has been the invisible power that has stopped me just for today from picking up another drink. Bill shirt from Bristol, England.
1: I love that. I love the fact that we're reading a story about the little things. Like, you you know, the motion picture type stories of, Mm -hmm. you know, horrible experiences. And how am I going to um, navigate them with emotional sobriety? But how am I going to deal with a line that's longer than I thought it would be? A little bit of traffic, two red lights in a row. Um, You know, uh, you know, these are the things that really make life better and it makes us better mentors too that's when i was looking for a sponsor these were the things i was looking at you know Uh, how Mm -hmm. they behaved driving a car how they dealt with little uh frustrations uh they didn't need to have this epic story they just needed to be able to navigate the simple things of life which seemed for me undoable
0: everything connects. That's part of what I'm learning about recovery, looking back to where I started and what little I've been able to learn in the time since is that, um, my, uh, addictive behavior had so distorted my relationship with, uh, a daily life, a normal daily life, doing the little things because I wasn't doing anything but feeding my addiction. So I can see with some clarity that like, that piece of trash, that polite, uh, selfless act that you do, um, without a without a conscious sense of like, you know, what the, uh, what the outcome or what the greater purpose of it is, but just kind of an observance of that. And you put enough of those, you, you weave enough of those, uh, actions together. And over time, all of a sudden you're kind of on a pathway thousand times more positive. And like, I, I, as I work with somebody that's new in sobriety, i i'm trying my best to instill that that like look you're living in garbage (laughs) everything's really fucked up and you're not even sure how do you get from where you are to where you want to be and the answer is um which i think was like articulated beautifully in this piece is add add together a lot of these little moments a lot of these little observances
2: yeah they they, i'm work i've been working um with a, a working converse a converse, ongoing conversation with a friend in the program and um because one of the great discoveries for me has has been exactly what this article is talking about how these little things just just light enlightening somebody's day out, you know and and i and and um this my friend she she's uh well she admitted she admits she's you know really ang- really an ang- angry and if you look if you let her tell you the story you'll, she'll you'll understand why she's angry i mean it's like has, this woman has every right to be angry um but as as with the rest of us it doesn't do her any good a lot of times when she when she's just when it's leaking out all the time and that's what it does if we don't if we don't find ways to take care of ourselves we does. but I, the point i want to make though is there's so much fun to to pass on to somebody else how how these little things that that seem ridiculous when you first tell them you know being nice you know like I think I gave the example of if somebody's an asshole to the grocery the the checkout person ahead of you in line do do, you know make make that person make the checkout person laugh Mm -hmm. make them feel good about themselves you're gonna you're gonna feel it's, it's gonna change your day you know and the idea when you when you start to do that uh, or you talked he talked the article talked about the caterpillar it's like um not long long ago i i went past a turtle that was crawling crossing the road because and i was in a hurry i had to get to uh, to meet a meeting and i go go down the road a little ways and th- then i just i just cuss because i go like oh shit you know because i got to turn around i'm not there's no way i'm going to keep going and be okay with myself i go back hope, hope he hadn't been smashed move this move the turtle across the road these little things make a world of difference in how we how we feel and they should i mean those are the, those are the things that that's us being a human being not not getting my job done it's like my if my my job is to be the best human being i can be you know and i think and I, to me that's a lot of what, what emotional sobriety is and um i love it well
3: there's so many things to uh to say about this. I mean, it's such a great article at this point in time. You know, one of the things that he talks about is, you know, once again, if we think about our journey as human beings, rarely do we end up being a balanced person. And that's why Bill emphasizes so much that emotional sobriety is about being balanced. It's like, you know, we were very good at taking but not serving, mm. right? Very good at taking, but not serving, and that, not that taking is a bad thing because it's not, right? It's not if it's consensual, right? With another person, you can take from that person if they're will if they are allowing you to take from them, right? Then that's a very clean transaction or interaction, and it's actually can be quite a moving experience to take something that is given to you. But how many of us, see, in our culture, taking is not looked at very nicely, is it,
2: right? right. Selfish,
3: self centered because we don't think of taking ever in a balanced situation, balanced with serving, with allowing, and with accepting. See, those, those three, four things balance us out in a very, very spiritual way, that when I serve you, I'm also doing something that's important to me, right? But now, how you feel about what I'm doing becomes very important. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for you. When I say, may I do this for you? I'm doing it for me, not for you. You see, that's the difference between taking. It's a may I versus would you like. And we've got to understand that. There's a big difference in that. And so, while he doesn't go into that in a lot of detail, what he's talking about is he's balancing out that self centeredness that we've identified as one of the ways that we're out of balance. What do yep. we say? We'll run riot. Self centeredness, that self, you know, selfishness, that's the root of our problem. And it's the root right. of our problem because you can't be a balanced person if that's all your life is about, right? There's no way. Right. So, that's one thing. He's talking about getting himself back in balance, which we have to do in a muscle The second thing that stands out to me in this whole thing is he's now trying to develop an honest and appropriate relationship with reality. Instead of reality, demanding that reality does what he wants it to, right? That everybody should drive their cars aware of him and consider him on the road and not cut in front of him or not ask to be to pull in front of him that things should go the way he wants them to go. He's not doing that. What he's doing is he's really becoming what we say aligned with reality. He's learning to live in relationship to reality instead of demanding that reality be what he thinks he needs it to be, to be okay. Mm-hmm. Another such an important element of emotional sobriety for us, right? Is being able. To have that appropriate and honest relationship with reality, which puts us into alignment. And he's really talking about that. And you know, the other thing it stood out, Tom, is the drum that you beat all the time is practice, practice, practice.
2: Yeah, yep.
3: And, and that's what he's trying to do. He's, de- he's yep. developed a practice in his life that he plugs in to keep himself balanced, to keep himself emotionally sober on a daily basis and you know you've talked about the benefits of that for a long time
2: well the the radical part of this article is is that he brings those things to the forefront as his practice you know i mean these are these are things that most everybody i know is going to agree that those are nice things to do and and most of the people i know do those kinds of things you know but it's it's like the, the idea of I mean, he's actually telling us, which I, one of the things I love about the the program when they say it's a selfish program, he's telling us how to bring that into a practice that, that 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 doing those things becomes something I'm doing for myself, you know, and it's and it's so beautiful. It's now the other thing we 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 all we several of us have brought up the idea of of, of it being in traffic. I I swear. When, I think one of the ways I'm going to start doing assessments with people is just saying let's go take a drive and, and wash them in traffic because man you can diagnose people behind the wheel and you know in no time and um, I, I have to admit my wife used to call me god of the highway she would she, i would be yelling and screaming and gesturing and and she and she would say very calmly she would go you know Tom if, if they knew who you were I'm certain that they would ask you to pull over and get your opinion <laughs> But, you know, but they don't, they probably don't know that. And, um, this, and sure enough, at the punchline to this is after I, after I stopped doing that, and I really have and not done that for a long time, she pointed out to me one time when we were going someplace, she says, you know, you still talk to traffic. And I went, "No, no way. I do. And then I started listening to myself and this is, this will show how Southern I am. I do. It's like, what I do is I, I'll sound like this. I'll go like somebody cu- cuts in front of me. Well, honey, who taught you to drive? Sweetheart, move on over there. It's like it's it's okay. It's like why be in such a hurry, buddy? You know. And I'm just talking away, talking away, talking away. But but I'm on their I'm on their side. I'm just, I'm just encouraging them along the way because, well, after all, I am God of the highway. Addiction is a
1: bio psychosocial yeah. problem, and he's addressed. You know, all of these things that we have yeah. to do about our, our health, our mental state, and being in the yeah. world with other people. Like he says, it's a few simple things that helps them feel better. So a spiritual experience doesn't happen after chiming the uh, meditation bowl and, you know, being, it, it, it can happen there too. I have to be in motion what that does for me is it sort of frees me from that rumination because now I'm not thinking about the, that swirling cycle of thoughts that I woke up with th- this morning, which isn't getting any better. I'm not getting any wiser going over and over this rumination. But when I get out in the world and think, you know, uh, what can I do for the person in front of me in the line or behind me in the line?
2: You know, I never thought about it, Joe. Joe, but experience. what that tells me is thinking of it that way it shows me that from from a, a certain angle, what what uh, what Bill is talking about in this article is really a mantra psychology. It's like you know the, you know the mantra is is a, a mantra is just basically you know all the multiplicity of our minds, it's how many different people we have up there, how many different ideas and opinions, but the, the conscious mind can only hold on to one thing at a time, and that's what a mantra is. As long as I'm holding on to the mantra, then, then nothing else can get into that, and so the mantra then becomes sort of a subject matter of practice. Is if I instead, of I'm walking through the day looking for opportunities to do these things, I am occupied, and and and, and most every and I know every one of us sitting in in, in this Zoom room right now know this thing. If, if you if you you know the idle mind is the devil's workshop. It's like you know if if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not making doing something with my practice. Pretty much I've got I've got some demons talking in my head. And so I, I just like the idea of the sim, the simplicity of if I'm doing this, it's a wonderful thing to do for me, for other people. But it's also it's sort of it's also something I do to keep myself out of out of out of trouble in my own in my own head.
0: It restores a sense of purpose. That was yeah. my thought with the caterpillar, is that you know, that caterpillar needs you to help move it from place to place. And I think like certainly for people, uh, in early recovery, their purpose has been so annihilated. Um, and they're just trying to figure out, I mean, I think that when you get busy and when the job is really, uh, occupying a lot of your time or when the relationships occupy a lot of your time or your children are, it's not very difficult to kind of locate a sense of purpose, but early on when that's been so, um, stripped from your daily life, these little moments, these little kind of like, um, You know, find a way to kind of get a hook in to uh, something outside of yourself.
1: It's key to kind of developing more of a uh, harmonious relationship with life. I tend to get grandiose. I've got to do another step four. I've got to go through years of therapy. And sometimes it can be right in front of me, a simple little process Mm -hmm. that he describes as a spiritual experience. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, and I love the other thing that he was talking about in this. And then, you know, we can maybe wrap this up. You know, it says that he says, and if I'm feeling good, if I give instead of take, right, that's the opposite. Not that taking is bad. And we got to understand that taking Mm -hmm. is an important part of a relationship, too. Because Mm -hmm. if I just give all the time, I don't give somebody else an opportunity to give to me and feel of value. It gets yeah. out of balance. That's why we talk about this balance all the time. Because if I love instead of hate, right? He's, and he's yeah. taught about that if we're in a good grounded place, then we're going to be able to operate from the best in us. And this is what I say. Emotional sobriety is when the best in us does the talking and thinking for the rest of us, right? It's when the best yeah. in us... That's the talking and thinking from the you know for the rest of us? And that's yeah. you know, it's I'm really just so excited to see these articles and stuff. And I too love the idea of being kind and generous to a caterpillar. I'm the guy that doesn't step on ants, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're part of this world and they have a right to exist just like I do. They're earthlings. They are <laughs> earthlings like the rest of us. Well, great show, you guys.
0: It's wonderful. Joe, it's always wonderful to have you here. Um, oh it is so great whenever i think that you're not an earthling joe i just have to remind myself you're just a canadian
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bill, what part of canada are you up in you're in ontario near toronto right now wow friend okay all right i might be
3: going up into british columbia and doing a workshop for a codependent group up
1: there what month in june june i'm gonna be uh doing a workshop in july
3: first part of july or
1: out there uh mid like uh double digits maybe the 14th or something like that oh cool cool man. i wonder cool. if we could create an overlap somehow
3: yeah that would be nice that would be fun i'll let you know i i got some control over the dates so i'll let you know when i
1: get that. okay that'd be awesome
3: all right you guys so i don't know what shape i'll be in next weekend i might be uh heavily sedated if the pain is really
2: well we'll be we'll be in touch with you buddy we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we we, we won't try to bother you too much but but we'll bother you enough to know how you're doing so the best people i know when i was going through my treatment were the ones who who, who would text me at the first and say listen i'm going to text you a lot and you don't have to respond to one of them and, yeah, and I knew true. that they meant it, you know, cause there are other people who might really have that expectation, but I had a couple of friends that basically, you know, that's exactly what they meant. And I loved hearing from them, you know, my, I didn't, I didn't contact my sister very much, but she sent me a get well cards, people who would give and they needed nothing from me. So, you know, I think, I think when you're going through the surgery, you're going through Alan, we'll give you, you just receive.
1: Love you guys. tend your life your myth Cultivate your narrative with
0: whomever you